Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. wearing his Yin's cap, which is our proud sponsor here on Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties, one brand, Yin's. Finally, a brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's, there's two Z's in there, for new merchandise drops and giveaways. And order online at shopyins.com. The link is inside the show notes for this podcast. High quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold. Made for Yin's by a Yinzer. Uh, go get your Yin's hat, which you get a compliment on every single time you're out in public. Yeah, dude, everybody loves the Yin's hat and get to have the conversation about, you know, repping a brand that, that represents all of our teams, but also represents who we are. And people just are are really grasping onto that. And I, I think it's awesome. And uh, hopefully uh, g- going to meet up with with Mr. Yins. His real last name isn't Mr. Yins, right? That's, that's, that's what his name should be. All right. L- listen, let's get into how you completely jinx Kevin Newman after singing his praises and trying to rub my face in it. And since we last spoke, 160 over six games with a uh, 320 OPS, he's back to normal. He's back to Newman. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, mean, I love how you were all in on it. You're like, oh, Chris, look at this. And I actually had to go find reasons why he was good. And that was it. Like, when- <laughs> I am. I apologize for wasting your time. I apologize for wasting our <laughs> listeners time. I apologize for driving myself crazy thinking that Kevin Newman would be good. No, no, no. What's great about it is go back and listen to that episode if you didn't listen to it. And how you can look at stats and find a reason for something, right? Like, oh, yeah, look, he's, he's taking the ball opposite field and he's he's doing this differently and he's doing that differently. And maybe this is a, a different approach to the, at the plate. And then he just has a, a terrible week. Now, that could be a blip. I don't know. But I just thought it was funny. Like episode comes out. It was like flipping a switch on Kevin Newman. He went back to uh, regular mode. This just basically proves that baseball is hard. <laughs> that yeah, just, that's so. what this all proves is that like Kevin Newman, first round pick. Uh, like I said, he was the batting champ in the uh, in the Cape Cod League, had a great rookie year, and and just baseball's hard, and it's it's hard once the the league like finds out who you are. It's it's hard to remain consistent. So that's why, like, you know, when a when a guy hits, I mean, I don't know what they're gonna hit now, but like back when we were younger, Chris, like when you had a guy like Tony Gwynn hitting like you know three fifty consistently, it's like man. That's actually pretty crazy. And even when you have like a guy like Aaron Judge, like hitting rocket shots to the moon and hitting that well, that's also hard. Like baseball is not an easy sport. And there's certain guys that, like I said, you'll have a fan hat on and you'll fall in love with and you'll want them to be better than they are. I just kind of want Kevin Newman to be serviceable and to be, 
even if it's just a utility player, I, I wouldn't mind it. But everybody, you know, they move on to like the next big thing. And of course, like Kevin Newman's having a bad week, but everybody's just on the, okay, we DFA'd Yoshi now. So why is Josh Van Meter still on our team? So Kevin Newman's like kind of safe from the fan base right now. Josh Van Meter gets all the hate. Well, here's the thing, and I want to get into it today. Like, who's your lineup for next year? Like, wh- what would you want to see? What what prospects do you want to see challenge in spring training and actually be uh, be in the run to start at a position next year? How would you set this team up? Because we, we've hit this, this portion of the season where you know the Pirates aren't going to the postseason. You've made all of your trades, and you're also seeing guys in the dog days of August, their stats are taking a dip. Like, not everybody's doing so hot over the last week or so. And so it it, it could become something where you start to sour on a player, uh, you get a little negative, uh, you don't see the accomplishments that happened this year, you start belly aching because Contreras is down in the minors, and I get that. I completely get why he's down there. You and I were talking already this week about it. Pitching in AAA is not the same pressure. It's not the same thing. And if you're saving a guy's arm... I get it. I, I know I'm going to sound like a shill for the Pirates there, but you know I'm not. Uh, we've taken them the task many a time here on this show, but I get it. I get why there isn't a reason they haven't come up here, even if he's pitching three or four innings up here. If they have him on an innings limit and they want to give him a break, I understand why he's down there. And if it's for service time or any other reason like that, why not? Play with the rules that were given to you when you're a small market team with an owner who not only is cheap, but is too dumb to notice the kid standing next to him with the shirt that says, sell the team this week, which I thought was glorious. <laughs> oh that was glorious. But my thought, my original thought was, dude, you've only had to deal with this for 18 years. I've been dealing with this for like 35 <laughs> years as a fan. So, but I love it. Uh, I, I love the entire yeah. thing. I love Nutting's face. When the kid's taking the picture and he and he opens the shirt up to make sure you can see the sell the team shirt and then Nutting looks down and he just is like, it's that look of, oh, what do I do now? Is that what that says? Am I really like he like he probably didn't even get it until later on. Now, on one hand, he's a billionaire, so he really doesn't care what you think. I mean, if you thought that that Bob Nutting cared about what you thought, there'd be massive changes to how this organization is run. So please, he doesn't actually care what you think. He's a very, very rich man who, you know, gets to take pictures with kids and go, oh, look at that. It's cute. You're wearing a shirt. I still own the team. So uh, it's not going to change anything, but I thought it was funny. And it's it's definitely funny. But the, the, the funny part and the ironic part to it, Chris, is, is that it was taken inside the luxury box where this kid's dad has like seats and pays all that money. He's never getting seats there again. Like he's bounced. So, like his so father's that's the thing in so is, much you already trouble. Gave this, you already gave Bob Nutting his money. So he could say sell the team and. Like I said, he he could look clueless in the picture and go back and just basically be like, oh, well, maybe I should sell the team and, and take my billions of dollars or or maybe I should just take your dad's money for all the like the luxury boxes he buys and, and just not sell the team. Give that guy worse service up there in his luxury box. That's probably what the conversation was like after that. I, I mean, still, though, I liked it. It was funny. Uh, but that when was I, funny, dude. When I look at this team right now, And you were talking about this. Sometimes it feels like fans are almost rooting for a player to do bad because you want the player off the team. You were saying this week's victim is who? Um, It's it's Bryce Wilson, and and it's been Bryce Wilson, and that's more because I think people are still on the okay. Why is Rowanzi down? And like you just went through, Chris. I mean, the number one reason 
it is probably service manipulation. It, it, it probably is. But like I said before the show, we were talking about, you know, the intensity of innings. Not only like pitchers are completely coddled a lot in, in Major League Baseball nowadays. So before it was like innings counts. Now it's like pitch counts. But then you'll even hear managers and GMs and pitching coaches talking about, you know, high leverage situations. And and those are even like worse on the arm because they're going to, you know, you get up into the major leagues and you're going to try to throw harder or something. So, yeah, developmentally, like, is this is this great for for Rowanzi? It's it's not great. It's not bad. John Baker came out with a quote before, you know, Rowanzi was brought up the last time saying we don't know what he more he can develop in in AAA. And so right now, whatever reason it, it is, he's down there. But it's not because of Bryce Wilson. I, I want to make sure that people get this point that you're making. When you're down in the minor leagues, the game doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like, sure, there's a team that gets really excited at the end because they win the AAA crown or whatever like that. But it really it really doesn't matter. Everybody's basically playing for themselves in their own development. When he's in the major leagues and it's the third inning of a game and the Pirates are in trouble, he's going to reach back and put 100% effort in everything he's doing to try to get out of that jam. He's going to try to make every pitch perfect because he has a team that not only is relying on him, but he doesn't want to, like, you know, come up and stand in front of a large crowd in a big stadium and suck. It's easier when you're in the minor leagues, if you don't have it, to just not have it, to be removed early in the game because you're having your innings saved. You can be treated differently. You don't have to reach deep down and, and, and put as much pressure on yourself. So, yeah, there is an argument for if you had an innings limit on this arm. And you don't want high stress innings on that arm anymore this year because he's part of your future. And let's be honest, he's the best major league experienced pitcher you have in your organization, especially when you take into account the amount of control you have over his contract and how long he's going to be on the team. He is the most talented pitcher on your staff. He's the most important thing right now. You have prospects that are down the minors that you think might be big, but he's the one that showed up in the majors and actually did the job. So you're going to be a little bit careful with him. And so I, I completely understand that. And Bryce Wilson doing well, all that does is give you another arm that might do well. You want development to the point where you have six or seven starting pitchers that you have a few of them in the bullpen when this team is going. You need to find every piece possible because it's not about just having five starters. It's not about just having nine position players. You need to have depth. Depth wins. And you're at the you're in this point where you're sitting there saying, well, I want this guy, or I've been following this prospect, or I want this guy to get an opportunity. And so get this other guy out of the way. That other guy also might be important. He may not be as good as the guy that's, that, he, that you perceive him blocking, but he still might be important to the overall team structure that will make a run, hopefully, in the future. Yeah, and for Bryce Wilson, I mean, it's like five starts, 27.1 innings, 1.24 whip, which we usually look towards the whip, Chris, and, and so he's not really playing like guys on base. It's a solid whip. For a starting pitcher, that's solid. And the big thing is, is he gave up, you know, three home runs in his last start, but, you know, with not get, getting a lot of people on base, not walking a lot of guys and stuff, you you can kind of give up those home runs. You don't want to see it consistently continue because, I mean, a lot of people will will look towards, you know, the 3.62 ERA, but, you know, the, the FIP of 5.05. It, it's still, 
but it's still a serviceable arm and you don't know yet if this would be an arm that maybe you do you know a la will you know will crow this year and make him into you know just that long inning reliever and and to get innings because you want starters like you have uh you know mitch keller pitching better you have jt brubaker for the most part you know couple hiccups here and there pitching a little bit better zach thompson pitching well before his injury but you know not so great you know since he's come back from his injury eventually you want these guys to be starters so i hate to even look to say okay bryce wilson you know, can he be a starter? Can he be whatever? It's almost like, can't we just kind of let this play out for the, the rest of the year? If he stinks for the rest of the year, then you have your answer. If he pitches like this for the rest of the year, then you can be like, hey, you know, you know maybe he is a starter next year. Or maybe he's get shown us or given us enough that he could be a guy that, that could be, a, you know, a long a long reliever. If Will Crow is is moving towards a setup man, or if, if Will Crow, you know, God forbid, get gets injured or just has rough patches. So you're, you're trying to figure out what these guys' roles are moving forward. And like I said, I think Bryce Wilson was just kind of more of a victim of the the Rwanzi stuff as opposed to people maybe looking for a reason for him to be bad. Believe me, he was god-awful before he got sent down to AAA. And, and since he's come back, I mean, there are some things that are showing that he could be good, the whip. There's things, you know, with the, the home runs and, and the FIP and and other stuff that could be showing that, you know, maybe he's just a little bit worse than he's, you know, performing right now. But you kind of want to see this right now because we need guys who have innings. And I guess, Chris, a lot of the stuff has to do with Rowanzi. It has to do with, you know, like Josh Van Meter. It has to do with them, you know, wanting to see a lot of the younger people. And and before, like, we get into my, you know, projection for, you know, who I think, you know, is going to be a legitimate chance to be like in the starting nine next year, just with the Josh Van Meter stuff. And I know we're jumping back and forth between hitters and pitchers, but that's kind of where we are in this is just trying to evaluate, you know, across the board. But I see stuff about Josh Van Meter because like Bryce Wilson, it's like, well, Bryce Wilson shouldn't be starting. Where's Rowanji Contreras? And then I'll hear people say, why is Josh Van Meter in there? Why aren't we starting that G1 Bay guy who had been doing well? I told you before the show, Chris, and you know this already, and we've talked about this a million times. G1 Bay hasn't played in the past couple weeks because he's injured. Then people are like, you know what? Then we got to get, let's go down to, to double A because we all love Leo Verpagero. Well, guess what? I like Leo Verpagero too, but since that little blip when he was brought up because there was like a COVID thing and he got to play like his one game and everybody wanted Cruz to be up. And different stuff since he's gone gone back down to, to double A, and that would have been uh right towards the end of June. The dude's batting 200. Like he's he's not playing exceptionally well. So you got G1 Bay injured, you got Leo Verpagero, you know, not playing so hot. And so then people would be like, Well, I, I saw on there that that Hoy Park has has definitely hit, you know, a, a couple home runs, and it's like, yeah, Hoy Park's hit a couple home runs, but Hoy Park is also batting i actually didn't know he was batting this bad so i had to look it up so over the last month hoy park is batting 173 in 89 plate appearances so as much as you hate josh van meter being in there and pretty much batting <laughs> about 173 in that many plate appearances it, it's not going to be that much of an improvement 
like I, I don't know what people are looking for to see like where this would be at. Everybody's looking back to you know bring back Diego Castillo. Well, Diego Castillo's only gotten like a few games down in the minors, and he hadn't been hitting that well for like a pretty big stretch up here in the major leagues. So I mean, we can get into it, Chris, and and but I'll say right now, if people are looking for somebody that probably should be up here again and probably should be given another chance, and was basically set down, hadn't been playing great defense, but also because he didn't run out like a pop fly that he ended up being like a double play where the guy let the ball drop and then like pretty much like tagged both guys and tagged the base and and everybody got out. Since he's been back down, 198 plate appearances, batting 244, which I mean is not... Batting averages don't matter as much to me anymore. I mean, if a guy's got no. a high on base percentage and slugs well, you know, I'll take a 230 batting average if he's if he's, his OPS is like 850. Yeah, and his OPS is around like 759, so it's it's a guy little that, above average. That's what that is. It's about 20, yeah. 30 points above what the league average is. So he's an average baseball player. He's got a lower a lower batting average, but in terms of how he contributes at the plate, above average. Yeah, it's Rodolfo Castro, and it's it's a guy, if I said I could make an argument for anybody, it would be him, but it's not even somebody that, I don't know if I, it, it could withstand, you know, any type of critiquing or criticisms. And look at that, Chris, you came right back in like two seconds, and it's like, what's above average? And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Listen, if you're looking for a place to hang out, possibly watch a, a Pirates game or just have a good time. Uh, karaoke every Wednesday, 9 until midnight at Patrick's Pub and Grill. Open mic every other Tuesday at 6 p.m. on the patio. Sunday is wing day by 8. Get the second 8 half off. Get yourself a couple of flavors along with that. And there's beer specials every day. What what day do you like to go to the Patrick's Pub with the uh, really nice patio? It's a beautiful time of the year to be out there. Um, usually it's, it'd be like if there was a lazy Sunday and there'd be like a Pirates Day game on. All right, Coors Light, 325, right there. That's the special. They got a special every day on their, on their beers, man. They got, they got craft beers on special certain days of the week. Sunday's Coors Light Day, if you're looking for that. And that's, for me, it's because it's a wing day. I think it's like you get uh, eight and then half off the second eight. So you can go up there with the wife. We can split 16 wings and, and, you know, only pay for, and 12 of them. So <laughs> that's that's really good math there. You did an excellent job. Yeah, you know, and that's a good value too because I don't know if you've heard this, chicken wing shortage ever since COVID. Don't exactly understand why, but it's been kind of a nationwide thing. So if you can get a deal on chicken wings, you go grab that deal. See the complete menu at patrickspub.org and check them out at 1207 Spring Run Road Extension. All right, so let's talk about what you have in your starting nine and then your five-man rotation, your dream, if you're just using all the pieces currently on the team, 40-man roster, even guys you could add to the 40-man roster, what do you want to see in spring training shake out for this team and take out any possible additions, okay? What do you want to see shake out for the Pirates? You want to go around the horn first, start a catcher? Yeah, I mean, catcher is going to be the tough one to tackle because, as we all know, Roberto Perez signs in a one-year deal. And Henry Davis is not going to be ready yet. So you can't you can't even think about that. Blew up his hamstring, and pretty much we've gone on a, a tear of having, <laughs> or string, I should say. I shouldn't say a tear, because none of the catchers are really on a tear. Jason DeLay's played okay. Probably could be a backup. Tyler Heineman, you know, injured now. Could have been, you know, 
a backup. But for me, if you're going to say the people that are currently on the roster, or at least, I mean, he's on the the 60-day IL, but I would probably say at this point in time, it's got to be Roberto Perez as your starter again. He's kind of stuck around with the team. Uh, You can see him like on the top steps now, talking to pitchers. Uh, Definitely, you know, well, here's the other part is, He's also looking out for his own career because it's like, okay, I blew out my hamstring. This is a team that believed in me and brought me in. Where am I going to go next if I don't help this team out or stick around with this team? But he could have also just went home and said, you guys paid me, you know, $5 million. So thanks, guys, and uh, and not do anything. Right, exactly. All right, first base. Is it Chavis? It's Chavis. Right now it's Chavis. And I know that everybody's still looking for that that split, and we've gone through it before, and he definitely does hit lefties better than he hits righties. But he hasn't shown the inability to hit righties. I mean, the game on Sunday gets two two base knocks off of a righty. I think you said for his career, Chris, was you know a little bit below average. But for me, Chavis, defensively, offensively, I, I think he's earned at least the the look in the beginning as the starter at first base with the people that are on the roster currently. And I think that the team does look at the guy they just acquired as Malcolm Nunez as a possible guy who will push for that position down the line. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't start working on a first base more, especially reading his scouting reports and seeing how he does defensively a third and, and looking at him in, in double A right now with the possibility he could show up at some point during the year next year. That's a name that I, I would just keep in the back of my mind. I, I mean, I don't know. I could be completely off the wall here. I just don't think that guy's your third baseman, especially with Cabrian Hayes standing in his way and looking at the fact that people think he's eventually going to be a corner outfielder or a first baseman. Second base, who do you think comes out of the pile and starts at second base, or who would you like to see start at second base coming out of spring in 2023? I think it's got to be Tucapito Marcano. Okay. Would be like would be like my pick. Um, we're going to see for the rest of the year like how he does, but just a guy that I... <laughs> He fits the mold, and I know people are like, you know, that the leadoff hitter, you know, the days of Ricky Henderson and and, and Tim Rock Reigns are gone, but he, he kind of would fit the mold of a guy who has a little bit of pop to him, decent amount of speed, and has, has a professional approach at the plate. So if I could see somebody that I would want to see emerge for second base beginning of next year... Like I said, at this moment, I, I would want to see that be Marcano. And then you're putting Cruz and Cabrian at short and third, right? Yeah, that's like a no-brainer. All right. For me so at then this point after that, pick an infielder that you think could be moved around to a couple different positions. That's the first guy in. I think it's going to be Diego Castillo. Not Kevin Newman. Not your boy, huh? No, I think I think Kevin Newman. I don't know the arbitration thing. I mean, we'll get into this in the off season and stuff. But I think that Diego Castillo showed enough defensively and showed enough offensively. I feel like he could really fit into that uh, that mold right there. So I, I say I say Castillo would be who I would want to see coming off the bench. All right. Any hope for Pagaro to all of a sudden turn it on, have a great spring, make the team? I don't think it's out of the question. With Castillo last year, and, and not to like keep bringing him back up again, but you know it was somebody who Ben Sherrington who had acquired. It's somebody who had you know pushed towards AAA towards the end of last year, had a pretty good spring, 
and then they gave him a run and and was a little bit of I don't know, he was a dark horse going into spring training as to whether or not you know he would make the opening day roster and did so so Leo Piguero, I, I definitely would not rule that out. And I I don't know. I I don't even know if I'm I'm happy he made his debut. But I think it also gave people just a little bit of false hope. And he is struggling a little bit now. Like you said, dog days of, of summer ending here. Um, I, but I think he could be like, it would be maybe him and, and Piguero. But obviously, you know, free agency, we'll, we'll bring in Josh Van Meter 3.0 and, and we'll put him in at second base. I don't know, Chris. All right. So outfield Brian Reynolds is there. I want you to pick two guys that are your first two outfielders to join him because let's be honest, depending on how you do it, you can kind of move Reynolds around a little bit. All right. So you you're not you're not pigeonholed into a specific position if somebody comes in that you you'd like to kind of shift that outfield around. It's not a not a hundred percent certain thing. So he's in. Pick the two guys that you're putting with him in the outfield and the fourth outfielder in. So give me three guys. Yeah, and I think on this one, I, I kind of just want to go full youth. And so you're done with Ben. You don't even think Ben Gamble fourth outfielder. I I like it, and I like the veteran presence, and that's where it's like trying to kind of trying to find this balance. And and it's not like we have like any any real veterans, like anybody that's I I, I don't know what people consider a veteran anymore. I'm pretty sure in Major League Baseball, a veteran is considered somebody who has, you know, exceeded arbitration uh, and is past like that that six year window. Um, ben Gamble, I, I would like to see. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I want to see Jack Sawinski and I want to see him out in right field. But then I also I'm kind of like on the. I haven't seen. Travis Swaggerty get enough of a run. I'm still looking back to the fact that they brought Travis Swaggerty up for a week and then, you know, pretty much like immediately banished him back down to Indy. Is he I, your third he, outfielder? Because you're kind of dancing here. You're dancing. You can't figure out who you want to do. All I hear right now is with Brian Reynolds, you definitely want uh, Zawinski and you have no idea who else. Is it is it that much of a toss up? It is that much of a toss up at this point in time. Cause does, the, does, the, does the fourth outfielder become the designated hitter by default or do you have somebody else in mind i think the fourth outfielder would become um the designated hitter by default and possibly whoever you are maybe if you're still going to do the the chavis you know first base platoon I, that's where it's like you're bringing in castillo and you're bringing in and i'm saying Pagero. Well, then you really don't have a a, a chavis platoon there right now they're they're doing blind address uh, and the guys played since college, maybe a total of like 10 to 15 games at first base. So they want to get his bat in. They kind of want to see it. He's, he's more of an outfielder at this point in time, but man, yeah, that, that fourth outfielder, it, it's still really with as many outfielders as we came in, like, you know, Caden Smith and Jigba got hurt. Um, so we didn't get to see enough of him and he showed, you know, some, some pop and some promise, uh, Cal Mitchell has has looked really good at times and has, is showing a better approach to the plate and, and you know drawing those walks and just just looking like a a complete ball player. So I mean at that point in time that's where it's just like okay 
you know, do you keep a, you know, do you bring like a Greg Allen back or do you, you know, bring a Ben Gamble back just to have somebody who has a little bit more of, like I said, it's not veteran presence, but it's, you know, more experienced presence um, in, in the outfield. So, but for me on, on this, I would probably just go full youth and I'd probably just go Sawinski. And then I would hope that Travis Swaggerty would do something to take the bull by the horns and take control of the job because defensively he would be like the best of the bunch and you could move him, you know, to center field. You could have him in the big, you know, careening left field at PNC park. So for me, like I would like, I would love to see it be Travis Swaggerty. Everyone knows I've never been super high on Travis Swaggerty, but it doesn't like, that's the thing is people are like, well, I'm not super high on Bryce Wilson, so I want him to fail. It's like, no, I'm not super high on Travis Swaggerty, but I, I want him to succeed. Like, I would love for Travis Swaggerty to be able to put something together. You know what? I like that. I think you got a pretty good handle on it. I think I would add a bat in the offseason. I know that that sounds crazy because you're in a build, but I would like to see this team be a 500 team in 2023. I'd like to see a spark out of this team. These guys have to learn how to win. It's not like you're... You're a team that goes out and ends up 10 games under 500, and then all of a sudden you win a World Series. You have to also teach them how to win and get some positive momentum, especially with these younger players. Add a bat, let that big bat go. Find a bat that could be a DH. That is just, that's what they are. Get a thumper, sign somebody in there. You got plenty of money to do it, plenty of room to do it. We're going to get to the pitchers next week because that took a little bit longer than I expected, but it gives us something to look forward to. Remember to subscribe to Bucks in the Basement on whatever podcast player that you are using and find it anywhere podcasts can be found and always at BucksInTheBasement.com. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing but they